This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome, global leaders, to the Global Reach Leadership Forum with Navy veteran, ecclesial leader, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Pat. Presenting you with critical leadership perspectives from the minds of former military leaders, now transforming the face of American business as successful entrepreneurs. Get ready to listen, learn, to lead. And now, to enhance your leadership influence on the Global Reach Leadership Forum, here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hello and welcome to the Global Reach Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Dr. Pat, and today we are talking about trustworthiness. Trustworthiness as a fundamental leadership first principle that one has to have to be able to excel as a leader. And trustworthiness might be very benign to some. They might think, of course, you need to have trustworthiness in your organization as a leader. But is it that simple? Is it something that people really give it much thought? So I'd like to pose a question today. And and the question is, is that where can I express my trustworthiness to have the most organizational impact? If you're asking a question like that today, then I want to encourage you to stay tuned because I'm going to talk about that here briefly uh, before I introduce uh, my guest. And I think it's important that he, you you just give us some thought. So to answer that question, I think I think it is a very valid question. Where do you express your trustworthiness? That That's fair. But where there is an opportunity to show that you are trustworthy, you have an opportunity to make the most impact. That's the bottom line, okay? Whether it is in a working environment or it's in a nurturing environment or it's in a challenging environment, the principles of trust are the same. You have to be consistent, especially in areas where your team is most challenged. So, if you have a team deprived of, let's say, authentic leadership or seven leadership, and, and, and then they will naturally have a little more challenge in trust and leadership. Okay, so that is where you as a leader have to really hone in your skills as a leader to show that kind of trust. So consequently, you, you, the leader, have to be intentional and intuitive in how you earn the trust of your team. Let's say, for instance, uh, if they have had trouble doing so in the past, the chances are that uh, they are going to do the same with you, regardless of whether you think you are the most trustworthy leader in town or not. You have not earned their trust. 
it's going to take time. So if your team cannot buy into you or what you stand for, then it is likely that they can't trust you. Therefore, the chances are that they will make the most of your leadership if you learn to be trustworthy before them. Exercise moments of trust and begin to understand what makes them successful or what makes them hurt. When you're able to influence their measures of success, you're able to hone in to what makes them successful or fail, then you have begun to break the code of trust so that you can be trustworthy with your team. Keep the opportunities open and stay diligent to ensure that you can earn the trust of your people. Being trustworthy is not one thing you pick up one day and then uh, the light switch comes on and then you're trustworthy when you're leading a team of people. It takes time, it takes intentionality, and it takes courage to earn the trust of your people. So where does it pay the most dividends? Where the people need it most and are hurting the most. That's where you can earn trust with them. So at this point, I'd like to invite my guest and introduce my guest on trustworthiness. All right, uh, today we have with me a good friend of mine. Uh, my guest today is uh, Jim Palmer. Uh, he's a co-founder of Confidence Course Coaching. Uh, Jim is a Navy veteran who served for about eight years on an aircraft carrier and two destroyers during Desert Storm. And he led over 100 search and seizure missions also um, in, his, in his service. He also was chief engineer uh, before leaving the, the service to pursue a civilian career in 1994. Uh, in just two years, he doubled his salary to over six figures. And in five years, he was an executive running nine-figure businesses in both Fortune 300 and private equity companies. He has spent over 25 years as an executive in industries such as mining, power distribution, and manufacturing of chemicals, household goods, and industrial equipment. Uh, Jim definitely has an extensive background in management and leadership and as an exceptional naval officer. Uh, he became exceptional as a business leader as well, and he wants to translate that into the private sector by exclusively coaching veterans and others on how to do the same you know, to excel. In 2020, he co-founded uh, the Confidence Course Coaching with his wife, Melissa, who is a certified financial coach. And we want to welcome you to the Global Reach Leadership Forum, my good friend, Jim. How are things going with you? They're going great, Pat. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's, uh, it's a pleasure indeed. And uh, today we are talking about today we're talking about trustworthiness. And uh, as a leader, your your trustworthy conduct. Uh, of, uh, I've I've had a pleasure of uh, you know being with you, just communicating over a year. And, and there's so much trust that you exude and in what you do. And I think it will be of value to our listeners and viewers today uh, as we discuss trustworthiness, uh, both in the military uh, during your time you served and 
in, in your experiences also in the private sector and certainly in your um, practice right now as a, as a coach. So I want us to just start off by asking, for, for, so, so Jim, what do you really consider to be trustworthiness? What does that mean to you? And what value does it have for you, uh, both as a military leader, uh, former military leader, and now as a private uh, entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, the center of everything that I've done, whether it be in the military or as a civilian, has been around trustworthiness. You know, that's that accountability, doing what you say, saying what you do, um, so that others around you can kind of get behind that, uh, you know, whatever it is you're, you're trying to achieve, whether it's a, a mission in the military or it is uh, um, goods and services that you're supplying to the marketplace. So, um, you know, and I've always viewed trustworthiness first and foremost as showing up for myself, um, you know, being there, being in front um, being the person that uh, everybody can count on uh, that that is following you in your organization and you know being authentic um, you know be willing to be wrong um, and admit that you're wrong and, and showing that vulnerability uh, listening listening to others uh, uh, soliciting that input uh, you know when you or in the military, you're surrounded by people who've all been trained very similar, and then you get out in the civilian world, and everybody comes from a different background. And um, so uh, they all bring that diverse uh, um, perspective to the team and being open and willing to listen to that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, build strong teams and, and uh, you know, builds that trustworthiness. Wow, Jamie, you, you really packaged that uh, that response really well. There's a lot of layers of uh, depth and uh, and really um, thoughts in there, and I appreciate you sharing that. So I would like to think that with all the things that you mentioned, I heard you say something about um, authenticity. I heard you also say, you know, um, a, a few other things as well. But um, how does that trustworthiness in your leadership uh, then shape how you run your organization today um, in confidence coach coaching or, or how, how you did it, you know, in the, in the manufacturing sector? I, I would imagine that you, you really applied some of those. So how, how do you think that um, has shaped your practice or did shape your practice um, in that community? Yeah, so um, as a um, organizational leader in the civilian world, um, you know, as business climates change, you have to make tough decisions. And um, your employees look to you as the leader um, for their livelihood, uh, taking care of their families, and, and, and being that person that's open and honest is, uh, you know, at the forefront. Um, and, um, you know, I've seen uh, in my 25 plus years of manufacturing, uh, the economy has been up, the economy has been down and, um, being very, uh, um, proactive in making improvements and changing in good times versus bad makes you able to withstand some of those, uh, those tough times and, you know, communicating with the organization. So from confidence course coaching, one of the things that we teach is that uh, you know as you focus on your organization in the military you're very career focused 
as you move into the civilian world, um, you are leading organizations and, and you have customers and, you know, there are many layers there and um, it's about them. It's not about you and being able to turn that around and focus on the team, building the team, big, building the organization, the strength of the organization to withstand uh, downturns in the economy. And, you know, certainly from a quality perspective, uh, um, the products that you produce, you know, going to a customer and, you know, that you're ethical and, and all of those things that come with that. Oh, Man, you're such a wise man. You you got all these uh, really, really uh, important nuggets of gold. Uh, you mentioned ethics in your uh, response there. And I think it's essential to be ethical in everything that you do. Uh, but uh, I also want to add to what you're saying in the sense that as, as people listen to us today, I want us to think about the habits that we create to build trustworthiness because um, would you agree then that trustworthiness is something that is earned? And if so, what are some of the habits that you need to be able to formulate? Um, and if, if if that's the case, how did you demonstrate that in the military and how did you demonstrate that in the manufacturing sector uh, or, or, or both? I mean, how what kind of habits were those that you kind of formulated to be able to make you as successful as you are today? Yeah. So, um, you know, from the military, obviously the discipline, discipline and organization, uh, that carries over directly to, uh, the civilian world, um, communications, um, being able to recognize, uh, where your attention is needed in the organization. Um, you know, in the military, you've got a mission and, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You're leading a large, uh, manufacturing organization. It's, some cases, remote in place, you have to communicate, yeah. you have to uh, um, stay in touch, utilizing metrics, obviously. Um, and uh, I found that the most important piece, the best habit that I developed in the military was that small team focus where it's one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three conversations to really get a pulse of the organization. And uh, I've learned more on the manufacturing shop floor than I have in a boardroom, you know, looking at metrics. Um, you really get the pulse of the organization. So um, I did that as a chief engineer toward the spaces, you know, learned from some great people that uh, that I served with on the aircraft carrier and other places. And I carried that through and, you know, just continued with those habits. Wow. That, 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 that's interesting um, because learning a lot from, from the floor. And that's why I love the manufacturing sector in the sense that I know that uh, there's different levels of leadership uh, in that particular industry, you know, in the manufacturing um, sector. So I would also imagine that if one is not trustworthy, they're probably not going to be as successful. I'm sure you'd agree with me on, on that. But sometimes this is confused with uh, with being honest. Now, how do you distinguish those two? Because they may be related, but how do you distinguish between trustworthiness and honesty for somebody to be, you know, to be successful, whether it's in the manufacturing or, or in your coaching practice that uh, that you do now? Yeah, I think um, they are connected, but in many cases they're separate. So for me, honesty in in the manufacturing world is being uh, accountable and responsible and ethical, as we talked about earlier, um, you know, financial responsibilities and, and how you lead and run a business and, and your employees depend on you. 
Um, trustworthiness, um, honesty is a piece of trustworthiness. If you um, are known to, you know, be honest and straightforward and, and a straight shooter, um, you know, your people will begin to trust you. Um, you. As I said earlier, do what you say, say what you do. Um, and then trustworthiness, you know, goes beyond that. And that is uh, looking to, you can be honest and not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, if you're manipula- manipulative or, or if you, you know, are, are seen as somebody who changes uh, with, with the wind and, and isn't uh, convicted in, in your direction. Um, so all of those things are important as you build that trust that you can, um, you know, accept ownership of uh, your decisions. You can admit that you're wrong. Um, you listen to people, you solicit input. All of that builds that uh, that strength of team. And uh, if you've built a strong team, whether you're you know, there or not, they'll continue to succeed. And, wow. and that's, a, that's a measure that I've always used is I can go on vacation and the team still performs. Yes, yes, certainly, certainly an important one. And I'd imagine that if uh, you are on the manufacturing floor um, in your past experiences there and somebody is not being trustworthy, it would impact the success of the mission, Uh, the mission being maybe producing a number of widgets or whatever the case may be. Now, for somebody who is an entrepreneur that is uh, just a buddy entrepreneur or somebody that is transitioned from the military, I would imagine that that is important for them to know about. So what would you tell them to be aware of if they are probably in a manufacturing sector, you know, like you were, to be able to avoid in cases where people are not trustworthy? How do you kind of guard against that? Or how do you prevent that? Or how do you teach people to be trustworthy so that they can be successful in whatever enterprise you're in? Yeah. So, um, you know, as an entrepreneur and you're hiring your team members, um, spending time uh, in those uh, hiring uh, um, environments, looking for the people with the, the right um, background and experience is always important, but also the the person behind the uh, that resume um, is that person somebody that I can depend on? Can I trust? Um, will they do the right thing when nobody's looking? Um, and uh, so, as you're growing a small company, um, and many people wear many hats, um, the the ability to um, work well as a team and support each other and, um, and, and get your organization, you know, moving positive with those, uh, that small number of people Um, in a large organization. um, It's much more difficult. So you have layers within teams um, and you have to look more to metrics um, as well as I talked about earlier, um, doing skip level meetings and, and talking with different levels of the organization so that you get a good pulse. Um, but it always starts with hiring the right people and, uh, and uh, putting expectations out there and having uh, zero tolerance for people that uh, uh, deviate from that expectation, even more so in a, in a small organization, entrepreneurial uh, environment. Um, oh. You have to set your expectations and then hold people accountable to it. <laughs> set expectations and hold people accountable. I like I like that. But through the course of uh, this, um, except here, you've mentioned uh, metrics a few times, and 
I want to um, understand, I think uh, that probably comes from your manufacturing background where metrics are quite essential. But uh, what I've noticed is that there's a tendency for leaders to depend heavily on metrics uh, more than really the people skills per se. I think that is a detriment in some cases, but then when we look at the organization of the military, comparing it to the private sector, in this case, the manufacturing sector, how different are they? Because in the military, I can trust, uh, let's say, a tactical action officer to take action and do that because they have earned that trust, you know, and and put put uh, missiles on on foreheads, as as they say, right? But I don't know if I can really trust somebody the same way. Um, in the in the private sector, is there a difference? How do you measure trust in the private sector compared to the military? Uh, because not people are not always going to see trust the same way. What are the differences, if any? Yeah, in um, the military environment, that was probably the first lesson that I learned when I got out. Uh, you know, as we say in the Navy, we, uh, we, you know, as a junior officer, we work for chiefs initially, and they teach yeah. us the ways, and and, yeah. and you build that trust in, in that team, um, and they kind of show you the way. You don't have that in the civilian world. Um, and the biggest lesson that I learned was to have to follow up. Um, you tell somebody to do something, they don't necessarily do it. You have to learn that that skill of follow-up and, and who you can trust uh, on your team and who needs more attention and focus. Um, so that is one big difference. Um, and then as you move up through the organization, um, being able to assess the team and their skills and who you can depend on um, and manage them to better performance if they're holding the team back or if they're not trustworthy or, you know, uh, if it's unfortunate you have to replace them, then you replace them. And as you move through an organization, you realize that um, it's not about you and about your career, your performance. It's about the lives of the entire organization. If you've got thousands of people that uh, work in your company, um, an individual can can harm that company, making a bad decision, an untrustworthy decision, or an unethical decision. And um, so you've got to uh, sometimes, you know, make that tough call and uh, and change team members out so that you can um, protect the organization, protect everybody's livelihood. Wow. Uh, to change change the team members out. I, I would imagine they can't really do that in, in the military, but in the private sector, you have the you know the luxury of doing that, which is a good thing. So uh for, for a buddy entrepreneur or for a transitional military leader, I think this is the difference that you have at your disposal is being able to to work with somebody who um who is trustworthy. And then if you don't like them, guess what? They got to find another job. It's that easy, you know. So that's the beauty of it because everybody's lives at stake as a result of that. So, so then, uh, what advice would you give to um, a buddy entrepreneur or or transition military leader on on making sure that they can actually use that, you know, lessons they've learned in the military of trustworthiness and apply that to the military, seeing that there are slight differences, what advice would you give them? Is there anything they need to do differently um, or it's pretty much the same kind of principles that they need to understand when it comes to being trustworthy uh, to be successful? Yeah, so I would uh, say that uh, the number one thing is, um, and and I see this with transitioning uh, military people all the time as I coach them, 
that uh, they don't know what the other side is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trained in the military and, you know, you go in the military, you learn your uh, duties and responsibilities and you go out there and you perform. They don't know that in the uh, civilian world. So any way that they can uh, find, um, you know, whether through internships or spending some time out there to, to get under, you know, to have an understanding of, of what it is that they're doing. Um, I would say that on trustworthiness, um, the best thing to do when you get into your new role as a civilian is spend at least the first 30 and 60 days assessing your team. Get a real clear understanding of uh, who your strong performers are, um, who your weak performers are, and where you need to spend your attention. Um, you know, it's part of your 30, 60, 90, or six-month plan uh, in the case of uh, a newly transitioning person. It takes a little longer because there's a lot of differences that they need to work through. Um, but that team assessment early is the best time to do that. Um, and uh, get advice, get help from a coach or mentor, you know, somebody in an organization that can help you with, uh, with those assessments in that culture. Wow, that's uh, that's that's really good to hear. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I I heard you mention earlier that uh, you should start with a hiring process, making sure you have the right people. You know, uh, Jim Collins says, and I uh, in his book, I got it great about getting the right people on the bus, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have the right people on the bus, then you know that uh, you are certainly on the right track because uh, they're going to perform to expectations. But then when it comes to the actual onboarding, I mean, while they're on board and sorting out through who's trustworthy and who's not to replace them, it may become a challenge. You know, it may become a challenge. So for a transitionary military leader, I, I think I appreciate you saying that, that they need to be able to get the help uh, from, from, from a coach. So as far as that kind of help goes, what if the leader doesn't really know themselves well? Because this is one thing I have to deal with, every, you know, in most cases in my practice where people are not self-aware, leaders are not self-aware. So how, what recommendation would you give to them about how to become self-aware so that they know really who they can trust? Because maybe they're not trustworthy themselves and they're projecting that to, you know, to, to somebody. So how can they overcome that lack of uh, self-awareness themselves before they, you know, they can get the help they need? Yeah, so th- there's many um, ways that uh, you can work on that. Uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, Jim Collins's book, um, that learning, be, that important habit, and we talked earlier about habits, is uh, um, being a self-learner, um, and it never stops. So, you know, whether it be books, audio books, coaching, podcasts, um, and mentorship within uh, certain companies, uh, seeking that information um, to help and develop self-awareness. Um, the, and as you move up through an organization, it becomes more and more imperative that, that you do become more self-aware and recognize that um, you've got an organization that's depending on you. And uh, um, so that, that's the path that I would recommend is that uh, seek additional help from all of those sources. Mm, I see. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, as we head towards the end of our time here, I, I want to ask uh, something uh, specific to manufacturing. I, I have always believed that uh, you can actually raise people from 
um, the team leader level on the floor. Um, I did a tour of uh, Steel Corporation as I was uh, developing a program. Um, and I walked through with the uh, operations um, VP and and she's like, well, when people are on the floor, that's where they are, but we don't really have a, any special program to develop leaders per se. But I would argue though, that one of my passions is being able to see somebody right, rise from the team leader level all the way up to VP in the C-suite if they can. What is your assessment on that? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is feasible in the manufacturing sector? Or because people are specialists, they're specialists and you can't really groom them into leadership. What's your take on that? No, I absolutely um, agree that uh, you can develop somebody. Um, and I've met people throughout my career. Uh, uh, one of the VPs that uh, I worked with in one of the chemical companies started as a forklift driver, went to school at night. Uh, got his degree and worked all the way to VP. Anything is possible. Yes. It's all about mindset and self-development and self-awareness as we were talking about. Um, you can apply yourself and you can, you can, there's no uh, result that's impossible. Yeah, certainly. I, I think so. And, and I think in this particular case that I was uh, looking at, the individuals themselves have to demonstrate that kind of uh, tenacity and drive for them to be able to get promoted to that next level. So I think it starts um, it starts with them having to prove themselves um, about what they can do. And right. then that's when they end up leading those roles. But I'm a proponent that you have to create an opportunity and have to identify those people and give them a path to get there. Because sometimes people don't know how to you know, improve themselves um, because opportunities are not available in front of them. So create a path for them to so make an easy, easy transition for them. But you're absolutely right. Um, that's a good example of, of, that, of that person um, going all the way up to VP. That's impressive. And if you don't create that path, somebody else, uh, somebody else will. And if that person is that uh, um, dedicated to themselves and growing themselves, they'll, they'll find their opportunity. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. And um, I, I look forward to be able to groom um, leaders in the manufacturing sector as best as I can uh, using uh, my, my program. So um, so as we end here, is there anything that you'd like to share with uh, our listeners uh, on your your practice and confidence? Um, uh, you know, well, in this case, uh, we're talking about confidence course coaching um, or anything that wisdom that you want to share with us as we uh, depart here and how to find you. Well, first, uh, thanks for, thank you for giving me the opportunity to join you today and, uh, and your listeners and um, confidence course coaching is, is for veterans and, and others um, helping them, you know, make a transition or uh, elevate their performance uh, if they're underemployed. Um, We, you, can find me on uh, LinkedIn uh, under Jim Palmer or Confidence Course Coaching business page. Um, and that's probably the easiest way to find me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but most of your listeners are probably easier to go through LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, we're here to help. Um, if somebody wants to just get on a 30-minute call and me help them get clear. Um, and what we talk about is very simple advice, and that is get clear on who you want to be then get out and meet as many people as possible and then let them know how you can help them. 
And the, the key there is on them. It's not about you. It's how your services can help their organization. So, you know, three simple steps. Um, you know, if we want to get on a call, we can get on a call and talk about it. Um, but, uh, you know, wish everybody well and good luck. And, uh, you know, we're here to help. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emma. It's intriguing. I wish you the best uh, with confidence. Um, course coaching, uh, you and Melissa are doing a great job, obviously helping veterans excel in their, in their calling. And for us here at the Global Reach Leadership Forum, it's indeed an honor to be able to get guests like you who are always willing to support our listeners. And uh, we always have sessions like this every week on the Global Reach Leadership Forum. And these lessons for instance, in this case, we're talking about trustworthiness. You'd find in the 52 essential qualities and attributes of an organizational leader, how to transform your leadership habits in 52 weeks, available on Amazon and anywhere else books are sold. We thank you for being the leader that you are and remember to lead the change. Take care and be well. God bless. Well, global leaders, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. If you have learned something today, please like us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.globalreachleaders.com to leave a comment or a question and share this episode with others. Until next week, remember to lead the change. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.